Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. Jesus, man, messenger, Messiah. Chapter 6, part 2. Page 143. The transmission of the Quran. What about the Quran? Has its preservation also been compromised? The author of the Quran makes a bold claim. We have sent down the Quran ourselves, and we ourselves will guard it. Quran chapter 15, verse 9. Allah blessed his final revelation, the Quran, with something that was not bestowed on any of the prior scriptures. He promised to protect and preserve it from any corruption. You might be wondering how such a bold claim can be true in the light of what we know about the consistent corruption of previous religious scriptures throughout history, including the New Testament. Unlike other scriptures, the primary means of preserving the Quran has and always will be through memorization. And we have certainly made the Quran easy for remembrance. So is there any who will remember? Quran chapter 54 verse 17. Is memorization really a practical way of preserving the Quran? One of the ways that Allah made the Quran easy to remember is the unique style of the Quran itself. It has a rhyming style much like uh, poetry. Have a think. One of the ways that Allah made the Qur'an easy to remember is the unique style of the Qur'an itself. It has a special rhyming style. It has a special rhyming style. Have a think back to when you were at school. Most of us have probably forgotten many of the finer details of what we learned at school, such as the dates of various events we studied in subjects like history or the formulas and equations we learned in subjects like mathematics and physics. This is because we haven't used the knowledge since leaving school and human beings naturally forget things over time. What's interesting is that many of us can easily recall the words of the nursery. Nursery rhymes we used to sing in school or even the lyrics of a song we haven't listened to in years. <clears throat> the difference is that the words of nursery rhymes and the lyrics of songs have a certain rhyme and rhythm that allows us to easily recall the information even without making a conscious effort to remember it. The Quran rhymes, uh, the Quran uh, much in the same the Quran rhymes uh, in a way semi-poetry, but of course it's different, <clears throat> and it has strong rhythm, making it easy to memorize. Uh, 
uh, we shouldn't be comparing Quran with the poetry or the poems. Just this is footnote here. The Prophet Muhammad was tasked by Allah with memorizing, transmitting, and explaining the verses of the Quran to the Muslims as they were revealed from Allah to him through the angel Gabriel. <clears throat> Truly, this Quran has been sent down by the Lord of the worlds, the trustworthy spirit angel Gabriel brought it down to your heart, Prophet, O Prophet, so that you could bring warning. Quran chapter 26, verses 192 to 194. In turn, these Muslims who had learned the Quran directly from the Prophet Muhammad himself, known as the companions, passed on what they had memorized to neighboring tribes. <coughs> to passed on what they had memorized to neighboring tribes and nations. It must be re-highlighted here that the Quran was revealed gradually to Prophet Muhammad wasallam. <coughs> May peace and blessings be upon him. Uh, it was revealed gradually to Prophet Muhammad over a period of 23 years. The disbelievers also say, why was the Quran not sent down to him all at once. We sent it in this way to strengthen your heart. <clears throat> o Prophet, we gave it to you in a gradual revelation. Quran chapter 25 verse 32. Gradual revelation facilitated the memorization of the Quran by the early Muslims at large. It should be noted that the revelations of previous prophets such as Moses were not gradual, but rather given all at once. The Quran informs us about Moses we inscribed everything for him in the tablets, which taught and explained everything, saying, hold on to them firmly and urge your people to hold fast to their excellent teachings. I will show you the end of those who rebel. Quran chapter 7, verse 145. This legacy of mass memorization has continued throughout Islamic history. Muslims today have no doubt about the perfect preservation of the Quran. This oral tradition spanning nearly 1,500 years has been the Quran being passed down from the teacher to student in an unknown, sorry, in an unbroken chain. I repeat that. This oral tradition spanning nearly 1,500 years has been, has seen the Quran being passed down from the teacher to student in an unbroken chain going all the way back to the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu himself. Today it is estimated there are many millions of Muslims who have memorized the entire Quran from cover to cover in its original Arabic. This is a testament to the promise made by Allah to protect the Quran. Orientalist scholar William Graham stated that the Quran is perhaps the only book, religious or secular, that has been memorized completely by millions of people. Here are just a few examples of what some other non-Muslim textual scholars have to say about the preservation of the Quran. Orientalist A.T. Welsh writes, For Muslims, the Quran is much more than a scripture or a sacred literature in the usual Western sense. Its primary significance for the vast majority through the centuries has been in its oral form, the form in which it first appeared, the form in which it first appeared, 
as the recitation chanted by Muhammad to his followers over a period of about 20 years. The revelations were memorized by some of Muhammad's followers during his lifetime, and the oral tradition that was thus established has had a continuous history ever since, in some ways independent of and superior to the written Quran. Throughout the centuries, the, tra- the oral tradition Throughout the centuries, the oral tradition of the entire Qur'an has been maintained by the professional reciters. Until recently, the significance of the recited Qur'an has seldom been fully appreciated in the West. Bible scholar Kenneth Craig reflects that this phenomenon of Qur'anic recital means that the text has traversed the centuries in an unbroken living sequence of devotion, it cannot therefore be handled as an antiquarian thing. It cannot therefore be handled as an uh, antiquarian thing, nor as a historical document out of a distant past. The fact of Hifth Quranic memorization has made the Quran a present possession uh, through all the lapse of Muslim time and given it a human currency in every generation, never allowing never allowing its relegation to a bare authority for reference alone. It must be pointed out that almost every Muslim of the estimated 1.5 billion Muslims in the world memorizes at least some parts of the Quran in Arabic in order to be able to pray like the Prophet Muhammad In fact, if every written copy of religious scriptures in existence today were to be somehow destroyed, then it is only the Qur'an that could be recreated perfectly thanks to its mass memorization. Those who memorize the Qur'an are people of all ages. The vast majority are not Arabs and don't even speak Arabic as a language. The oral tradition of the Qur'an is a phenomenon unique to Islam. Is there any reason to doubt the reliability of the oral tradition? The estimated millions throughout the world who have memorized the Qur'an have learned it via a direct transmission starting from the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam himself. The implications of this is, the implications, <coughs> the implications of this are astonishing. If millions of people who have memorized the Qur'an can trace their oral, oral memorization of the Qur'an down the centuries of teachers and scholars all the way back to the Prophet himself, who could doubt the authenticity of this oral tradition? Especially if these millions of memorizers live in different places in the world and have learned the Quran from different teachers and scholars. The amount of varying oral transmissions and the amount of people who have learned the Quran and the fact uh, there are no discrepancies in what they have memorized is not a historical incident, is not a historical accident. The conclusion can only be that the Qur'an memorized today is the one that was taught over 1,400 years ago. There is no other rational explanation for this unique oral phenomenon unless someone argues that all of these memorizers throughout the ages at different points in time and different places in the world somehow came together to ensure that they all memorized and recited the exact same Qur'an. To pose such an argument, however, is conspiratorial and absurd. 
Earlier, we saw examples of numerous fabrications that made their way into the New Testament. Such changes to the Quran are impossible when we consider the nature of its revelation and transmission. Unlike the New Testament, the verses of the Quran were witnessed by multitudes of the Prophet Muhammad's companions at their first point of revelation, so we have mass eyewitnesses' testimony. Moreover, the entire Quran was memorized by a large number of companions during the Prophet Muhammad's lifetime and then rapidly transmitted far and wide. This oral tradition of memorization facilitated the rapid spread of the Quran because anyone can memorize and so, unlike anyone can memorize and so, unlike the New Testament, the illiteracy of the masses did not hinder its preservation. It is literally impossible for anyone who transmitted the Quran to invent stories like the stoning of the adulteress that we looked at earlier in the Gospel of John and for those fabrications to then go on to become part of the accepted Quran because they would immediately be able, they would immediately be caught out by the other memorizers. Additionally, from the beginning, its transmission was on such a large scale by people whose opinions and concerns were so different that it would have been impossible for them to collude in corrupting the Quran. Tawheed. So far we have discussed so far we have discussed the preservation of the Quran from the point of view uh, of a view of its linguistic content, the words and verses that make it up. Amazingly, we can take things a step further. In addition to the mass memorization of the content of the Quran, another unique aspect of its preservation is that the rules and regulations for pronouncing each individual uh, letter have also been safeguarded. Uh, tajweed, we're talking here not about Tawheed, we're speaking about Tajweed. Let me repeat that, Tajweed. So far, we have discussed the preservation of the Quran from the point of view of its linguistic content and the words and verses that make it up. Amazingly, we can take things a step further. In, adi- in addition to the mass memorization of the content of the Quran, another unique aspect of its preservation is that the rules and regulations for pronouncing each individual letter have also been safeguarded. This ensures that Muslims not only recite the same content as the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, but also in exactly the same style. You may be wondering to yourself, why is this important? Perhaps the easiest way to appreciate the significance of preserving the recitation style of the Quran is uh, a comparison with the uh, game of telephone, uh, of course with the highest example retained for the Quran. Just in case you are not familiar with this game, the first person will whisper a message to the person next to them, who will then do the same with the person next to them, and so on and so forth until the message reaches the last person in the chain. This is called the game of telephone. You then compare the message between the first and the last person to see how much it has changed. Typically what you find is that by the time the message reaches the final person, it has changed significantly. Let's take a look at a simple example to make things clear. Imagine the first person says the following message to the person next to them. We are going to advance. Send reinforcements. This person 
then passes on the message but shortens we are because the first person spoke very quickly we're going to advance send reinforcements the next person then passes on the message as follows and changes advance because the second person didn't pronounce the letter v correctly we're going to a dance send reinforcements. Finally, the last person changes the end of the message because English is not their first language and, and they are unfamiliar with the word reinforcements. We are going to, da- to a dance send four cents. As you can see, the, there are various reasons. As you can see, there are various reasons why the message has changed by the time it reaches the ear of the last person. For example, the people in the group may speak at different speeds. They may intonate their words differently, and they may even have different regional accents, which could lead to letters of the alphabet being pronounced differently. Ultimately, what this demonstrates is that without a systematic means of ensuring the preservation of the recitation side of the Quran, that is the correct pronunciation of each letter of the Arabic alphabet, the speed of its recitation, the stopping points in the verses and so on, its mass memorization would be like a giant unsupervised, uh, would be like a giant unsupervised game of telephone. Changes would inevitably creep in over time as they did in the Bible. What did inspire Muslims to pay such attention to detail? When God revealed the Quran to, uh, to Prophet Muhammad it was recited to him in a specific manner. The Quran itself commands Muslims to recite it in this same specific way. Recite the Quran slowly and distinctly. Quran chapter 73 verse 4. Therefore, Muslims throughout history have placed great importance on how they recite the Quran. This has led to the creation of an intricate science known as Tajweed. Tajweed sets out rules and regulations to preserve the Prophet Muhammad's recitation style. The fact that today we can find millions of Muslims of all different nationalities able to recite the Quran as if they themselves were Arabs living during the time of Prophet Muhammad is a proof of the effectiveness of this science in preserving the, the the oral integrity of the text. This is in spite of the fact that there is no internationally centralized religious organization to administer such preservation. Further evidence for the reliability of this method of preserving the Quran lies in the recitation of the Quran itself. In millions of mosques throughout the world, every day these memorizers who originate from different parts of the world and learned at the feet of different scholars mix together and recite the Quran with one another. Any mistakes in recitation are immediately corrected by the congregation, and yet there is never any disagreement about the Qur'an itself. Now we can appreciate why Muslims have certainty in the perfect preservation of the Qur'an. Not only do we have to believe it from a theological perspective, but we also know it to be true from a historical and experiential one. Language. As has been discussed so far, Quran, the Quran has been preserved in both content and recitation style. To this, we can add that the Quran has also been preserved in meaning. Why is this important? You can't separate language from scripture. As Allah states below, the Quran is tied to the Arabic language, 
we have made it a Quran in Arabic, chapter 43, verse 3. So if we were to lose the Arabic language, we would also lose the Quran. There is not much benefit in having the perfect preservation of the content of a scripture if we have lost the meanings of the words it is written in. You may be wondering, can languages really change in drastic ways over time? Let's take English as an example. If we were living in the 14th century England, the word nice would have a very different meaning from how we use it today. This word is derived from the Latin uh, uh, nicious, meaning ignorant. The word began life, the, be, the word began life in the 14th century as a term for foolish or silly. Later it took on the moral it, later on it took on the more neutral attributes of shyness and reserve. Later in the 18th century, English uh, society's admiration of such qualities brought on the more positive meaning of nice we know today. Even with this uh, simple example, I'm sure you can appreciate the impact this can have on our understanding of a text. If we don't take great care in preserving the original meanings of words, then our understanding of ancient texts can become distorted. Even worse, languages can be lost completely. The ancient Egyptian uh, hieroglyphs, the ancient Egyptians' uh, hieroglyphs are a good example. This language, which can be found in the pyramids and is made up of pictures rather than words, was lost for thousands of years when the ancient Egyptian civilization became extinct. These examples demonstrate the important role that language plays in the preservation of any text. The oldest Arabic language dictionary in existence was published within 200 years after the death of the Prophet Muhammad The early compilation of Arabic dictionaries has ensured that none of the meanings of the words of the Quran have ever been lost. To put this into perspective with the Judaic tradition, the Torah was originally revealed to Moses over 3,000 years ago, making it over 1,500 years older than the Quran. Uh, <clears throat> to put this into perspective with the Judaic tradition, the Torah was originally revealed to Moses over 3,000 years ago, making it over 1,500 years older than the Quran. However, the first Hebrew dictionary wasn't created until the 10th century, some 2,000 years after the revelation of the Torah and 300 years after the Quran. <coughs> Hebrew was a dead language from the 2nd century CE until the foundation of, of the Zionist country in 1948, uh, which they call Israel, which has nothing to do with Israel. As a consequence of this, Bible scholars had to turn to the vocabulary found in Arabic dictionaries. As a consequence of this, Bible scholars had to turn to the vocabulary found in Arabic dictionaries to assist in understanding the many obscure and problematic Hebrew words in the Old Testament. Arabic and Hebrew are both part of the Semitic family of the languages, and so they have many similarities. This is why the Arabic language has been used since the Middle Ages to understand difficult words and expressions in Biblical Hebrew. Even to the present day, commentaries and articles written by Bible scholars regularly cite evidence from Arabic 
in support of a particular meaning for a Hebrew word or passage. It is, or it's a very interesting point that in order to fully understand Hebrew, the language of the Old Testament, Bible scholars have to rely on classical Arabic, the language of the Quran. The science of hadith verification. Is Allah's inspiration restricted to the scripture that he reveals or were the prophets also inspired to explain the scripture? It must be emphasized that the prophets of Allah were not just mere delivery men for scripture. They were also teachers and as such performed the invaluable function of explaining Allah's revelation to mankind. Without this explanation given to them by Allah, we would have no certainty that we have the correct understanding and interpretation of scripture. The Quran is unique because it is the only scripture that comes with an explanation of how to interpret it correctly according to the understanding of its messenger. Earlier in the book, we discussed the sunnah, which we defined as what the Prophet Muhammad said, did, approved, and disapproved of. Recall that along with the Quran, the sunnah is another uh, source of guidance for Muslims. The sunnah has been captured for us in the collections of hadith. The Arabic word hadith broadly means a narrative or a story. In Islamic literature, it has the very specific meaning of the individual narrations about the Prophet Muhammad as conveyed to us by his companions. Thanks to the hadith, we know more about the Prophet Muhammad than any other historical figure, even down to the smallest of details such as how many white hairs he had in his beard. This treasure trove, this treasure treasure trove of information provides us with detailed explanation of the Quran. Hadiths are of critical importance in preserving the correct understanding and interpretation of the Quran. Each hadith consists of two parts, the report and chain of narration. The report and chain of narration. The report represents what was said or done by the Prophet Muhammad as witnessed by his companions and the chain is the sequence of people who have passed the report down to us. Knowing the chain that is associated with the report is crucial because without it, anyone can make any claim they, uh, they like about the Prophet Muhammad and we would have no way of verifying whether it was an authentic report. Chains allow the scholars of Islam to distinguish authentic hadiths from weak and fabricated ones by scrutinizing the individual narrators within the chains. This methodology was pioneered by the early Muslim scholars and is known as the science of hadith verification. To help illustrate this science, imagine you have a friend called Jane and she informs you that 10 years ago, her friend John met a famous person that you really admire and they spoke some words of wisdom that really inspired you. This is how you would represent the report and chain. Report, John, Jane, you. Before sharing this story all over social media, you decide to try and verify the report by analyzing the people that have delivered the report to you. Now, ever since you've been friends with Jane, you've observed that she has an excellent memory, and so you don't doubt that she has conveyed the report from John accurately. What about John? You don't know John personally, so you decide to ask Jane about him. 
Jane detects your uh, skepticism. Jane detects your skepticism and decides to reassure you by saying that John is a reliable person and wise beyond his years in spite of his young age. This statement catches your attention and you ask how old John is. Jane informs you that he is 15 years old. With this information that has come to light, you decide against taking the report of the famous person as a fact. If John is now 15 years old, then this must mean he was five years old when he heard the wise words being uttered 10 years ago. He, how likely, how likely is that that a five-year-old would be able to transmit such information accurately? In this case, the scholars of Hadith would consider the weakness of John as a child narrator and might grade this particular report as a weak narration. Although this example is simple, it demonstrates that knowing the names of the people in the chain is insufficient. We also need to know information about them. The early scholars and historians of Islam compiled massive biographical works about each of those who transmitted the hadith. They listed the birth slash death dates of narrators, descriptions of their lives, the strengths of their memories, their geographical locations, their students and their teachers, among other useful information. Such biographical information is exactly what the scholars of hadith utilize when verifying the reports attributed to the Prophet Muhammad may peace and a blessing for Allah be upon him. Going back to our example of Jane and John, you decide to investigate matters further. Although you don't trust that John as a five-year-old could have accurately conveyed the report you preserve in your uh, investigation, sorry, you persevere in your investigation as the words were so inspiring that you are desperate to get to the bottom of whether or not they are authentic. You meet with John and ask him if anyone else heard the famous person uh, uttered <coughs> or uttered the words. To your surprise, he says that he was in school at, at the time and his entire uh, classroom witnessed the famous person utter the words. After finding out where he went to school, you speak to his teachers and they confirm that they were present when the famous uh, person visited the school. So you have report teacher A, John, teacher B, Jane, and you. We now have a situation where multiple independent witnesses have corroborated the report and you are certain beyond any doubt that the famous person really did say those inspiring words. All of these different factors who, who uh, conveyed the report, the, bi the biographical uh, information about the witnesses, the number of independent witnesses, and many other factors are taken into account by the scholars of Hadith. Having multiple independent witnesses, having multiple independent witnesses would mean that the scholars of Hadith elevate the grading of Jane's report from weak to authentic. As with the mass memorization of the Quran, the Hadiths are part of a tradition going back all the way to the Prophet Muhammad. The scholars of Islam have dedicated their lives to studying the intricate science of Hadith verification in order to help us evaluate and grade each hadith. Without such a methodology, we would have no way of reliably distinguishing the authentic reports attributed to the Prophet Muhammad from the weak and even fabricated ones among the hundreds of thousands of reports that have been attributed to him. <clears throat> Here is an example of an authentic hadith about fasting. 
Abu Huraira reported the Prophet saying, Allah the Exalted and Majestic said, Every act of the son of Adam is for him. Every good deed will receive tenfold except fasting. It is exclusively meant for me and I alone will reward it. He abandons his food for my sake and abandons drinking for my sake and abandons his pleasure for my sake. When anyone of you is fasting, he should neither indulge in sex nor use obscene language. Uh, if one reviles him, he should say, I am fasting. The one who fasts has two occasions of joy. One when he breaks the fast and one on the day when he will meet his Lord. And the breath of a fasting person is sweeter to Allah than the fragrance of musk. Notice that the report starts with the statement Abu Huraira reported. Abu Huraira is a famous companion of the Prophet Muhammad and he is telling us he heard this statement directly from the mouth of the Prophet This report reaches us through multiple chains as Abu Huraira memorized the words of the Prophet and passed them on to the following people. Uh, the chart below should be read from right to left. <clears throat> and you can see the chart below here uh, from Prophet Muhammad to Abu Huraira and, and it's a, uh, a very important chart to know. If we focus on the third generation of narrators, if we focus on the third generations of narrators from Abu Huraira, then there are over 20 narrators from different regions such as Medina, Basra, Kufa, Mecca, Wasit, Hijaz, and Khurasan. But Abu Huraira wasn't the only companion who heard the Prophet utter the words about fasting. Other companions such as Ibn Mas'ud, Uthman, and Ali also reported the same hadith. May Allah be pleased with them all. So we can see that this hadith has a large amount of attestation, a large amount of attestation. It would be virtually impossible to fabricate such a report given that there are multiple independent chains consisting of people from different times and places, and yet they all report the same hadith. Getting back to the interpretation of the Quran, Muslims have access to thousands of authentic statements of the Prophet Muhammad where he explains the Quran in detail. These can be found in the famous collections of authentic hadiths and books such as Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim. In fact, if you look at the references at the back of this book, you will notice that I have utilized many authentic hadiths from collections such as Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim in my quotations of the Prophet Muhammad throughout this book. There is always going to be the possibility of differences of interpretation. This is the case with any book. However, the Quran is unique because it is the only religious book that comes with an explanation of how to interpret it correctly according to the understanding of its messenger. Because of the clarity of the Quran and its detailed explanation in the form of the authentic hadiths, the scope for any such dispute and differing is minimized. <coughs> Let's look at the Bible for the sake of comparison. For example, here is the biblical commandment to keep the Sabbath holy. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Exodus chapter 20 verse 8. When we search the Old Testament for specific laws regulating how to observe the Sabbath, we will find only basic information. So, 
The Old Testament alone is not sufficient for daily Jewish life. <clears throat> what is needed is a legal commentary to accompany the Old Testament. To accompany the Old Testament, Jews claim that this can be found in the Talmud, an oral tradition they say originates from Moses, and which they claim has been passed down over the centuries by their scholars. However, unlike the Hadith, there is very little information about how the reports have reached us. There are no chains of narration which accompany the oral traditions. Therefore, there is no way of reliably distinguishing the genuine teachings of Moses from fabrications. Alhamdulillah. Praise be to Allah. That's the end of this part. Chapter 6, part 2. This is Dr. Khaled Dosiri from Dammam, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia recording this to you.